0: communityoxford.com, or check us out on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Again, thank you for joining us today at the Community Church Oxford Podcast. And all God's people said, well, what a joy it is to be in God's house this morning, and so thankful that you decided to join us in person or via online, and so we just want to say thank you. For doing that, I also want to thank you as a church for letting me and my family get away this past week for a little bit of a break. Um, I know that many of you think I only work on Sunday, and uh, I get that. I understand that, but uh, that's not true, I promise. And so uh, we had a good break, and uh, none of us got hurt. Um, We uh, had a lot of fun whitewater rafting and getting to go to the Smokies, and so I just want to say thank you for allowing me to do that always grateful that when Sean gets to teach, I think it's a, a great example and a greater reminder uh, that this church is not about a personality. It's not about one person. You know, it's about a person and his name is Jesus, but it's not about us as individuals. And so Sean, thank you so much for teaching and uh, it was kind of fun. We were driving uh, during the time that service was going on. I know that some of y'all think I'm unspiritual, that I didn't go to church. Uh, please forgive me for that. But um, my family and I, we listened uh, to uh, the service, and uh, it was good stuff. And uh, just was a reminder of why I'm so thankful for our media team and uh, so many people that put out so many efforts to make this happen week in and week out. Church, uh, I keep praying And I keep asking God, God, please don't let this be the new normal. However, I do believe for the near future that this is a new normal. And because of that, I'm thankful that uh, as families travel together, uh, as families uh, get to worship together in their homes, in their cars, and in person, I'm so thankful this morning just for the fact that technology, God, is allowed to come so far so that his word can go forth. Amen. This morning, we're going to be in Acts chapter 19. And before I dive into that, I want to share with you kind of an interesting thing that happened to me uh, this past week. matter of fact, it was a week ago today, and uh, it has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about in Acts chapter 19, except I'm going to make it a little bit more personable You know, sometimes you try to get away so that you can get away. Does that make sense? Like, like you want to get away. And when I say get away, you want to get away where people don't know your name, and and it's not that you don't like the fact that people know your name, but usually in ministry, people are very needy, okay? And that's why they call pastors shepherds and elders shepherds and staff shepherds because we're shepherding a flock, and so it's always good to get away. True story. True story. Even with my mask on last Sunday, I was sitting in a grocery store in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and I kept seeing this man look at me, okay? Kind of look at me a little differently and I know for some of you say, well, they look at you that way even without a mask on. Yeah, I get it. But this guy keeps looking at me and he's got a little girl with him and his daughter keeps looking at me and finally out of his mouth behind his mask comes these words. Are you Fish Robinson? And I go, "Why, well, yes, I am. And he starts laughing, and he starts laughing about it from the standpoint that his daughter heard my voice. She pulled on his shirt tail and said, Dad, that's Brother Fish. I share that story not that you would be impressed that I traveled six and a half hours away from home to kind of get away, and I'm in a grocery store, and a little girl tells her dad, that's Fish and then he acknowledges that it's fish but i share that story with you that people either know who you are or they don't stay with me people even either know who you are or they don't my problem or maybe my concern this morning is is that the reason this little girl knew who i was was because of my voice I know that there are people that are watching online this morning. There are people even present. You won't be near as vocal here presently as they will online, but it's because I have a big mouth. And that young girl recognized my mouth, my voice. Can I just be honest with you? And if, if you're watching this morning, I have no idea who you are, no clue. He didn't share his name. He didn't share his daughter's name, but I could see their eyes. And they knew me. Church, I want to ask you a question this morning. By no way am I comparing myself to Jesus. But when people look at you and when people hear you, do they see you? Do they hear you? or do they see Jesus, or do they hear Jesus? Because church, here's what I'm convinced of. The church has tried for so long to get us to take our mask off, to come before God, to become before brothers and sisters in Christ and say, I'm going to take my mask off. I'm going to be really who I am in, the, in my rawness. I'm almost going to get spiritually naked before the Lord because I want to get to a place where I am hiding nothing from God's presence. And church, I want you to know something. That even when the world says we have to wear a mask, God knows who we are behind that mask. Pick up with me in Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Fair question. And they said to him, they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Problem? And he said unto what? Into into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. That is the Jesus that Brittany just sang about. That is the Jesus that we are all running towards. Look at verse 5. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speaking in tongues and prophesying, and there were about 12 men in all. And he entered the synagogue, and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation. He withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of tyrannous, Or Tyrannus. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. I want us to look at the first 10 verses in Acts chapter 19, and I want us to talk about old school versus new school. Old school versus new school. I want you to picture John the Baptist. I had the, I don't know if it was a privilege, an honor, pretty fun opportunity on staff at North Oxford several years ago. I had the opportunity of playing John the Baptist in an Easter production, an Easter play. What I did learn in that experience was, and Many people told us that we needed to get into our character. I don't know if you know this or, or not, but John the Baptist was a little darker skinned than I was, and so I took someone's advice, Heather, and I went and got a spray on tan. For you that had to see me in that particular situation, please forgive me. and I promise to never do it again. I kid you not, I had a beard. I looked like someone. Well, never mind. It was bad. And I got to be the character that would make the way, that would make the path for the Lord Jesus to make his entry. It was fun. I got to yell at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and I got to call them the brood vipers. Got to scream at them. I got to yell at the crowd, and some of you are like, so you were in a character at this? Isn't that what you do all the time? I got to yell, repent. I got, to, I got to, to, to be the character of John the Baptist, but church, I am afraid just as these disciples that are taking place here in Ephesus, we too have gotten a little mixed up that there's an old school way of teaching and there's a new school way of teaching. Let me explain. Old school means that the Old Testament talks about the importance of studying the law and understanding the law and and, and honoring the law. And I'm not saying that we don't honor the law anymore, but church, what I want you to understand is, is that when Jesus comes on the scene, there's a different way of delivering the message than the way we used to. These disciples were not in any way wrong except the simple fact they follow john the baptist instead of jesus church i would have us think about this thought this morning are we following a person or are we following a savior are we following a denomination are we following a way of a way of life are we following king jesus because you see there's a difference These men were preaching of repentance, and there was nothing wrong with that, except the simple fact is they did not know true repentance. He said to them in verse 2, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Church, can I just be honest with you? I would not want Jesus without the Spirit of God, I would be lost. The Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is our direction. The Holy Spirit is our power. The Holy Spirit is what gives us who Christ wants us to be. I am convinced that too many of us in this room, when we think about the fruits of the Spirit, that that we want more peace and we want more love and we want more patience. But church, we don't need more peace and we don't need more patience and we don't need more love. We need more of the Spirit of God in our lives. But I'm convinced this morning that sometimes, like my friend Francis Chan when he wrote the book Forgotten God, we are very nervous about the Holy Spirit. And I believe Acts 19 will help clear some of this up. I do want you to hear me say this this morning, because it is in Scripture that tongues and prophecy is a a gift of the Spirit. But church, I also want you to hear me this morning Don't you dare buy into the lie that if you don't speak in tongues that you're not saved. Because even though it might be one of the gifts of the Spirit, there are many gifts of the Spirit and God will encourage you in your gift. I am convinced this morning that too many of us want what others have instead of wanting what Jesus has given us. Look at verse 3. And he said unto them, then he, he said, into, the, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people, believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul had laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying, and there were about 12 men in all. Church, it was not Paul who did anything for these men, it was God by giving them the gift of the Holy Spirit that changed these men. Look at verse 8. He entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. Church, I don't know if you know this or not, but if we are going to be disciples of Jesus Christ and not disciples of some false teaching or some false truth, we have to reason about Jesus. We have to talk about Jesus. We have to be helping people see Jesus. But look at what verse 9 says. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyre They continued for two years so that all residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Church, what I want you to see here this morning is, is that when Paul showed up in Ephesus, there were very few believers, if any, by the time he leaves three years later, everybody had heard about Jesus. You're thinking to yourself, man, that's impossible. It's not impossible when a disciple gets, about, gets, gets to being in the business of being about the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of man. You see, old school was about you can't do this and you can't do that. New school is that if you'll put your faith and trust in Christ, he'll teach you the new way of life. Church, I don't know about you, but I'd much rather live in the new school way of thinking than the old school way of thinking, because the old school way of thinking was, you had to do this, this, and this to be saved, but in the new school of thinking, Jesus had already done it for you. All you got to do is follow. Sounds a lot easier said than done, amen? Picking up in verse 11, so we go from old school versus new school. The next thing I want us to see before we jump into that, look at verse 10 before I jump out. Verse 10, and then we'll drop down to verse 20. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. And then look at verse 20. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Here's what I want you to see. The word increased and prevailed. Why? Because the word is what changes people. You know the enemy wants us to get into senseless debates, the enemy wants us to be in confusion. The enemy wants us to be so caught up in so many different things. But church, I want you to hear me say something. And many theologians would say Acts chapter 19, on Paul's third missionary journey, that's when the awakening happened in Ephesus. And I don't know about you, but I'm praying for an awakening to happen in Oxford and in Lafayette County and in Mississippi and in North America. And the only way that awakening's going to happen is through the Word of God being preached. Period. The Word will prevail. The Word will change people. I love it when people come up to me and say, man, did you know so-and-so goes to your church? And I'm like, I know who they are, but I don't really know them. Oh, you need to know them. Well, I intend to get to know them. No, 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 you need to know who they are. And I, and I find out very quickly that what they're saying is, is they're trying to say something about you to say as if you're not worthy enough to come to church. And church, I want you to hear me say something this morning. That's an old school way of thinking. A new school way of thinking is all are welcome. It will be the word of God that changes man, not man changing man. Paul knew that. So when a uproar or when a dispute or when people got stubborn, he didn't argue with them. He pulled those who wanted to know the truth away and he began to teach them. Pick up with me in verse 13. Excuse me, verse 11. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. I love this. God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. I don't know if you know this or not, but we've already seen blind men be able to see. We've seen dead men come back to life. I mean, what more extraordinary miracle can you see? Here's a thought. If you truly get what your salvation means, you were dead and now you're alive. That's a pretty extraordinary miracle. Amen? but I get it. You're going, but, but I'm still the same person. That's where you're wrong. When you have Christ, you are a new creation, Paul says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen, The old is gone. The new has come. Church, where we live is new creations. God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them and the evil spirit came out of them. Church, what I want you to see this morning is God displayed his power. It wasn't Paul. I want you to understand something. Those handkerchiefs and those aprons that touched the skins, touched Paul's skin and was carried away to the sick, and their disease left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. It was not because it was Paul's handkerchief or it was Paul's apron. It was because of the simple fact Paul had a faith in God and a trust in God, and he knew who God was, and his faith was so strong. And so powerful that he lived in the, he walked with the spirit and he lived by the spirit and he lived through the power of that. And trust me, church, when that happens, you just want to get close to that. Church, hear me, there's a warning here. And I'm guilty of it and you're guilty of it and you don't even know it. Sometimes we put Paul above Jesus sometimes and that's not where he's supposed to be. If Paul has anything, it's because Jesus gave it to him. Amen? Amen? If Paul has anything, it's because Jesus saw him as an instrument and as a tool. Church, I have no problem with us wanting to grow up and be like Paul, but it would be a much greater aim if we wanted to grow up and be like Jesus. Now, verses 13 through 21, or 13 through 20, excuse me. And then some of the inerrant Jewish exodus undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the name of Jesus, who Paul proclaims. The seven sons of Jewish high priests named Sceva were doing this. Kind of sounds like an old school rock band, right? You don't have to laugh at that if you don't want to. My kids tell me sometimes, son, dad, no matter how much you ask them to laugh at your jokes, if your jokes are not funny, they're not going to laugh. Thank you, Adam and Caleb, for always being honest. Seven sons of the Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them. Now check this out. This is good stuff. If you underline in your Bible, you need to underline this in verse 15. But the evil spirit answered them. So these people thought that if they used the name of Jesus the same way Paul used the name of Jesus, that there would actually be power in that name. But church, the power does not come unless you know Jesus is Savior and Lord. The power does not come unless you've received that spirit, unless you've received that power. And this is what I want you to see in verse 15. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know. And Paul, I recognize, but who are you? Jesus, I know. Paul, I recognize, but who are you? Church, I don't know about you, but when I am praying, I hope God doesn't go, hey, Jesus, I know. Paul, I recognize, but who are you? Because you're not with me. You're either with me or you're against me. And they thought, man, I'll just take the name of Jesus. Church, you know what's so crazy about it? We do the same thing. we do the same thing. We'll pray something in Jesus' name, and it's our agenda, and it's our will, and it's our kingdom, and we'll go, God, why aren't you answering that? And God's like, because that's not my will, and that's not my kingdom. But the Word says, anything you pray in Jesus' name, it'll be given to you. It says that as long as it's according to God's will. Man, I I love this verse. Jesus, I know, Paul, I recognize, but who are you I'm with you, little one. And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them. So they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. And fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was exalted. Church, not only was the Word of God what was preached, so this great awakening happened, but Jesus was exalted. That's the reason this great awakening happened in Ephesus. Get there, no believers. Three years later, they leave. Everybody's heard about Jesus. Look at verse 18. I said exalted, extolled, excuse me. Verse 18 Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it to came to 50,000 pieces of silver. Look at verse 20. And so the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Church, can I tell you something? Fake God, real God. True story. Our good friend, Koku Loko, that serves in Togo, West Africa. One of our trips before we came, we were going to be working in a village called Vogon. Vogon was known of witchcrafts, and all these witch doctors came out, and they cast these spells on Koku, and they said, you're going to die, preacher man, because we're going to cast all these spells on you. You're going to die. Two weeks later, the Americans... The church, the Christians, the white doctors, they come rolling into the village, and these witch doctors start bringing their idols, and they start putting them at Koku's feet because Koku's walking in there like the man. You know the gifs I'm talking about when they're walking up? You know what I'm saying? He's walking in there like that. Really, he didn't walk like that because Koku's so humble. But what I'm saying is when he walked into that village and all those witch doctors started saying, hey, is this not the man that we cast all these spells on? Is this not the man that we said this would happen? Oh my goodness, I don't know what God it is that he worships, but I want to know that God. And they brought their idols and they put them at his feet and they started to bow down to him. And Koku said, get up, get up. It is not I that you are seeking, but his name is Christ. His name is Jesus. That happened in Ephesus. Ephesus is this this the city of art, the city of music, the city of entertainment. There's all these gods and all these goddesses and there's all these worshipers. And look what happens. Look what happens. Verse 19, and a number of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. They counted the value of them and found it to come to 50,000 pieces of silver. Here's what I want you to hear, church. There are lots of people making money with a lie. And you might make money with a lie, but you're only going to gain heaven with the truth. Verse 20 says, so the word of the Lord continue to increase and prevail mightily. So we saw old school versus new school. We saw the word increase and prevail. We saw God display his power. And then this is what I want you to hear. Jesus, I know, but who are you? James chapter two, 19 says, you believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Philippians chapter 2 says, Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Why is that so important, church? Because you will either confess now or you you will confess later. There's but one true God, and it is He that we run after. In closing this morning, we will look at verses 21 through 41. And here's what I want you to see this morning. Jesus was bad for business. Look at verse 21. Now, after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent, it, sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. And about that time, there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. There arose no little disturbance concerning the way. For a man named Demeritus, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. And these he gathered together with the workmen in the similar trades and said, Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth. And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people saying that God's made with hands are not God's. And there's a danger, not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing, and that she may even be disposed from her magnificent, magnificent, magnificence. And she who all Asia and the world worship. Look at verse 28. And when they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, great as Artemis of the Ephesians. So the city was filled with confusion, and they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and um, our, our, our cautious and Mas- Macedonians together into the the- uh, who were Paul's companions in travel. But when Paul wished to go in among the crowd, the disciples would not let them Let him, excuse me. And even some of the Ossacrets, a hard word I guess, who were friends of his, sent to him and were urging him not to venture into the theater. Now, some cried out one thing, some another from the assembly was in confusion, and most of them did not know what they had, why they had come together. And some of the crowd prompted Alexander, whom the Jews had put forward. And Alexander, motioning with his hand, wanted to make a defense to the crowd. But when they recognized that he was a Jew for about two hours, they all cried out with one voice, great as Artimaeus of the Ephesians. Can you imagine what it must be like to be a part of a false gospel or a false religion? Your whole life you've been told this is the way, this is the way, this is the way. You go into these temples and you worship these these, these shrines made of gold and silver. You, you, you worship these shrines and, 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 and all these idols that are made by the hands of man and then all of a sudden this guy Paul shows up in your life and he begins to tell you about a new way and he begins to tell you about what forgiveness looks like and he begins to teach you what it looks like to follow Jesus and all of a sudden you realize that you've been living a lie. Now you want to live for the truth. But church, hear me when I say this. We will have a time in our life when the line is drawn in the sand and we will have to ask ourselves the question, either we're for Christ or we're against Christ. Does it sound familiar? Because the world will tell you one thing, but God will never lie to you. The world will tell you to live in fear and Jesus will tell you to live in peace. Verse 35, and when the town clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, men of Ephesus Who is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is a temple keeper of the great Artemis and of the sacred stone that fell from the sky? Seeing then that these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rash. For you have brought these men here who are neither sacrilegious or blasphemies, blasphemers of our goddess. If therefore Demeritus and the craftsmen with him have a complaint against anyone, the courts are open, and they are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another, but if you seek anything further, it shall be settled in the regular assembly. For we are really in danger of being charged with rioting today, since there is no cause that we can give to justify this commotion. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Church, I hope and I pray that the gospel would get so powerful and that we would get so excited about taking the gospel to everybody that drug dealers and so many other people of a darkness-type lifestyle come to community church and say could y'all just stop w- w- would y'all just quit preaching this Jesus nobody's buying our crack anymore nobody's doing this anymore nobody's being involved in this anymore C- can y'all just stop church if God did it once can't he do it again I want you to think about Ephesus it is the hub city it is where everybody comes for the arts and the music and entertainment it's where they come to worship their idols and church I don't know how to say this when Beth and I were praying about planning community church if there was a place in the Bible that in our opinion represented Oxford Mississippi it was Ephesus Because I don't know if you know this or not, but we got idols everywhere in this town. And we worship them, and we bow down to them, and we stand up for them. But church, I want to ask you a question this morning. When will we stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ? It will be too late to stand up for him and stand up for it when everybody is taking it away. If we are going to be the church, we can't just sit here and talk about this or that. We must live out that gospel. And we must preach the Word of God. We must exalt the name of Jesus. in church, we must pray. Because if we want to see a great awakening, it will only happen through the Word of God, the power of the Spirit of God, under the banner of Jesus Christ, so that all might know the way of Jesus. Here's how I want us to close. We read Acts chapter 19, we're like, but, but that was a different time. You're exactly right. They didn't have the resources we have. They didn't have the tools that we have. They didn't have the transportation that we have. And they did it anyway. So, church, I want to ask you a question. What is our excuse? It's the Word of God that changes the hearts of men and women. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Church, hear me when I say this you will either figure it out now or you will figure it out later. But I want to make sure this morning that you're not living some fake gospel, that you didn't just walk some aisle and you didn't some, just pray some prayer. You didn't just get wet in some water and you feel like you're good. Because what we've learned in Acts chapter 19 is this, is that when you give your life to Christ, you receive a gift at that exact moment. And that gift is called the Holy Spirit. And we're going to live in the power of the Spirit. We're going to live under the authority of the Spirit. And we're going to live because the Spirit is living in us. We're going to live and we're going to preach the Word of God. And the world can't touch us. The world can't hurt us. The world can't stop us. But this is the problem, church. We can stop ourselves. We can quiet ourselves. But if we will get on our knees and get on our faces and say, only one sits on the throne, and His name is Jesus, only one way matters. And we're going to walk that way. We're going to talk that way. We're going to love that way. We're going to model that way. Then, and only then, church, will we see a great awakening. And I don't know about you, but there's time and the time is now that a great awakening of God would fall on us. I can't wait for my kids to see the great awakening. I can't wait for my grandkids to see the great awakening. I want them to look back and go, 2020 might have been one of the worst years on the planet earth. But let me tell you something, it was also one of the greatest years on planet earth because that's when the Spirit Fail in church, how awesome will that be? It won't happen if we don't seek it. It won't happen if we don't pray for it. It won't happen if we preach everything but Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And I'm going to ask you a question in our time of response. Do you want to experience it? Do you want to experience it? Do you want to experience it? You will only experience it when you get on your knees. You will only experience it when you seek God's Word. You will only experience it when you live by the power of the Spirit, and you will only experience it when you exalt the name of Jesus. No other name. Jesus will not take second place to anybody because He is the one that we worship and we glorify and we praise. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this moment. God, I pray that your word has been preached today. I pray that the people in this place and the people that are watching online have heard your word and not heard me. God, I pray today that we would live by the Spirit of God, that we would live in the power of your Spirit, that we would live based on your word, that we would live based on your hope, that we would live based on the banner and the name and the power and the authority of Jesus. And I pray that in your name. And all God's people said, my name is Fish Robinson. I'm the lead pastor here at Community Church Oxford. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Community Church Oxford podcast. We hope that you'll consider joining us again in the future. Until then, God bless.